You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week we are scratching the itch for award season. We heard some other awards have been like canceled and like moved to different places and stuff. And a lot of them suck and aren't worth your time anyway. <laughs> and so we, true. we decided we're going to have a little bit of fun. Uh, and for the second year in a row, we're going to do our own. Yes. And you get to vote on them. Yeah. So, yeah, we did these last year and um, we put them to a vote on mostly on Twitter, kind of across social media, but mostly on Twitter. And uh, the plus was we got great results. Uh, the negative was that we got great results from a few particular artists, fan clubs, basically. So yes. there was a major bias in terms of, of how that played out. And I don't think I don't. Which one of you guys won? I think oh, Dan I won. Dan won in, ter- in terms of his nominees. Yeah, like getting the votes. I think. Yeah. I, I think I lost by one, and I I don't think you took any of them. I didn't take. Squat. I don't think you got a single vote. Yeah, I didn't take squat. So this year we're doing a couple things differently. One, we're gonna have the ability for you to vote, but it's pretty much going to be you that is listening to this, and not the entirety of Twitter. So there'll be a link in the show notes. Where you can vote on uh, your selections for each of the categories we're about to throw out here, and uh, and two, I actually didn't think about this until right now. We didn't really do the here's Casey's nominee, here's Dan's nominee thing. We kind of pooled our resources and we're like all, all agreed these people deserve a spot. are yeah deserve yeah. nomination for this. So it's not really a competition for us this year. Yeah. And now I'm a little sad about that as I say it out loud. Yes, that's only because they <laughs> knew I would win. Well, we'll have to come up with another competition because I still feel like I, I want to try to get my win back. But, <laughs> but that's fine. That'll be another episode. Yeah, no, we'll I, I have something. to admit the last the last thing we did, I, I got annihilated. But that's also because you didn't open it to the Twitter masses. I know the Twitter masses. Apparently, I don't. I'm not even though I'm not even on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be introducing those categories and then we're going to start the top 20 the top 20 we've been doing for like 15 years for the majority of the time that the radio shows existed and i and i have to say you know we learned a couple things this year one uh we're going to do the top 20 a lot earlier next year yes yeah <laughs> before the year is out <laughs> yes because things just kind of <laughs> fell into our lap this past year that was like Oh, you want to do an interview with this band? You want to do an interview with that band? You want to do an interview with this person again? Hell yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> and so that kind of uh, took precedence over this list. And I, I don't, it's it as much as uh, it should, because those are awesome people. And we had a great time with all of them. You know, this is important to us and we need to probably set aside some time to make sure we get it done a little bit sooner <laughs> in the year. So I'm definitely sad that it's it's probably not going to be airing completely until like the end of January, almost early February, which you're, you're already one month into the next year. But, you know, I, I apologize. We just had better things to for you guys to listen to. <laughs> yeah. And even the you know, this was originally planned to be the, you know, quote, season premiere, like our first episodes of, of 2022. And then the Oxymorons interview fell into our lap. And then the Oxymorons interview was so good and so long that it became two episodes. And but we still yeah. didn't want to keep pushing this further and further back. So we actually just released both of those episodes in the same week, which is not something we typically do. But, you know, it's weird, though. Like Dan said, the further you get into 2022, the weirder it is to talk about 2021. Yeah. So 
So yeah. this is happening and we're hyped about it. So you're going to get albums 20 through 11 on our collective list that we, we each compiled our own. And then we have a little calculated system that we use to kind of balance it out and to see what the itch as a unit <laughs> thinks is the best stuff. And every year I bitch about it. And every year the system actually works really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. right. I tend to throw out some bands that Dan hasn't heard of and, and, and he's like, what? but, and he's worried that they're going to be like really high. Well, what's no, funny is I created sometimes. the damn system too. You're right. <laughs> the, the matrix system. is turning on you, Dan. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm the one that bitched about it the whole time. <laughs> it worked. I'm really excited to talk about these, these bands yeah. that made it, even though we've already talked about the majority of them with good reason. <laughs> and truth be told, uh, you know, it's the top 20, but at there was a good, you know, 40, 50 albums that could have easily made the list. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this was a great year for music. Definitely felt yep. <laughs> like we were back from the black hole or as Hailstorm yeah. like to coin it mm-hmm. uh, back from the dead. So, yeah, it was just it was a, a great year for music. A lot of bands that we learned about that got to see live and, and discovered, you know, through different means. So I'm definitely excited for this list this year. Yes. All right. And I think this is probably the first year where a lot of the artists on this list, we have had the pleasure of interviewing. Yeah. Ah. There's, there's a good portion. So a little, uh, little uh, sneak peek for you right there. Yeah. yeah. We'll tease that out more in just a, a few minutes, actually. Yes. <laughs> so let's drop some awards nominees. Like we said, these will be in the show notes. You can vote. I'm going to try to find a good like ranked choice voting thing because I think that's really cool. And I want to promote that. Uh, I want to promote that in like actual election elections, but we'll start by trying yeah, to do it here. I agree. Yeah. That'd be nice. So we can, we can um, demonstrate it with our little awards. All right. Who wants to take our first category? I'll take it. Let's do All it. Right. Debut of the year. First full length album. So these are basically bands that, did not have previous, did not have a full length album with their band. So uh, one that I just fell in love with as soon as it came out, plush is self-titled is one of the nominees. Another one, Cleopatra with bummer, the self-titled dirty honey album. We also had Des rocks, a real good person and a real bad place and mammoth WVH's self-titled album all on the list for debut of the year. A lot of self-titled in there <laughs> for good reason. Talking. All these people are entitled. What the hell? <laughs> That's what I always love when bands uh, don't release a self-titled album until like their fourth or fifth album. And then they just call it a color. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes every other album is a self-titled album. <laughs> if, if you're Weezer. <laughs> and then, yeah, or blue, yellow, pink, red. But by the way, I'm going to throw this out there. Weezer has has made mention that they intend to release four albums this year. Yes. that are that are themes seasons. they're not colors they're, they're the seasons and so <laughs> that's the thing that might happen <laughs> we'll be on the on the lookout for that one cool <laughs> for that one and that other one and the other one and the other one <laughs> so <laughs> all right next, next category then next they'll be doing the three bears <laughs> i bet you that will not be unanticipated uh, album of the year <laughs> Not for you. (laughs) (laughs) Up next, we have the Breakout Artist of the Year, one that took a major step forward. We have Aaron Jones with Child of the State. We have Cam Cole with Crooked Hill. Jelly Roll with 
Ballads of the Broken, Pretty Reckless with Death by Rock and Roll, and All Good Things with A Hope in Hell. And all those were like artists that, you know, they might have had one or two albums prior or a lot in Jelly Roll's case, I think like 12 or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) And they just finally, you know, got the recognition that they deserve, that they've been working hard for them. In the Pretty Reckless's case, you know, they kind of had a couple albums, but this was just her coming into her own, uh, in my opinion, taking a major step forward. Exactly. It's definitely next level stuff for each person on here for one reason or another. Yes. All right. Next up, we have the the comeback of the year or the rebound of the year. I don't know if we settle on a title for that, actually. Um, (laughs) It's both. Yeah. And this is where there's not the same number of nominees for each of these awards. We just stopped where we thought it was a good stopping place. So we have three artists here who returned from a long absence and or some, shall we say, lesser albums. First up on that list, everybody's favorite, Limp Biscuit, who still sucks. And that is their album. <laughs> and uh, these are all veterans, which I guess kind of makes sense with sort of the long absence kind of thing. The Offspring with Let the Bad Times Roll. Those guys have been around since the 90s. And then Evanescence with The Bitter Pill, because she only puts out an album like every five years. So, yep. Yeah, and you know those are great albums by those artists too. Uh, you know, and, and most most of them I, I can't say much for Evanescence, but most of them hadn't had great albums prior to the one that they just released, or at least not uh, renowned albums or well widely uh, criticized. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree that Limp Bizkit and The Offspring are coming off of uh, not only an absence but not their best effort beforehand. Yeah, so definitely. So the next topic we have is workhorse of the year. Basically, people being busy with guest appearances, their own album releases all in the same year. Uh, Start off with Mr. Tom Morello, who, of course, had all kinds of stuff going on. Two albums, uh, actually an EP, uh, of course, guest appearances and other places. So he was definitely all over the place. We had Jacoby Shaddix. Travis Barker, who like basically started his own music company and was in every single pop song ever <laughs> for, for like a month. I don't think yeah. he knows how to say no. Yes, I yeah. agree with that. <laughs> and then Johnny Three Tears. So Johnny Three Tears was featured on three different songs throughout this year. Zero Nine Thirty Six, his song from Ashes to News song on their Quarantine Chronicles. And he was also featured on From All Good Things, their album as well. And he had a solo, a solo album he put out under a different name. Definitely a busy dude. Definitely. <laughs> All right. Up next, we have EP of the year. So we have Tom Morello and the Bloody Beat Roots with The Catastrophist. Crash Face with Heavy Infectious. The Warning with Mayday EP. Oxymorons with Mohawks and Do-Rags. Nothing But Thieves with Moral Panic. Nonpoint with Ruthless and Head PE with the Sandmind EP. And there were so many EPs that were left off of that that were so great, too. But I mean, you know, just in comparison to the ones that we put on there, I just didn't think that there was room. And we already included them enough as it, as it was. But that just kind of goes to show you the way that music is going nowadays. Everybody's kind of focused on just getting their songs out there in any fashion. Yeah, that's a really good point. We actually had a short discussion about whether we should make a an ep list like we do the regular top like differentiate them from the lps because there was so many interesting ones and it does go to show where kind of the transition of music is 
And I think maybe, you know, if it continues this way, we probably will continue maybe or consider doing a uh, EP list, the yeah. top countdown of EPs. Yeah, could be on the agenda for the 2022 awards. Yeah, which we will do, of course, in December. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you're releasing up an, an album in December, sorry, you're pretty much SOL. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll put you on the next year. We'll give you the who treatment. <laughs> yeah, that's the who clause. Do do a deluxe edition with a couple feature tracks on it, and we'll be good. Yeah, it's the Garrig clause. That's what it, yes. we call it. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, last award that's related to 2021 is the single of the year, which we had to stop ourselves because we just kept going on, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And probably could have kept going because there was so much good stuff and yeah. so many tracks that, you know, whether they were just singles or representing albums. But we'll start it off here. We've got the Oxymorons with Green Vision. We've got Jelly Roll, Dead Man Walking, Nothing But Thieves, Future Proof, Royal Blood's Boilermaker, Bad Flowers Family, all Good Things with For the Glory, Aaron Jones with Take Me Away, Chevelle with Remember When, Nonpoint with Ruthless, and The Dead Deads with Deal With Me. That's a sweet playlist right there. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> all those are really great songs. Very good stuff. And so many of those came from albums where we could have picked other songs that were like right on par with those, too. It was hard yeah. to narrow it down, actually. Yeah, especially like the Aaron Jones and all good things. Mm-hmm. And Chevelle, too. I, yeah, a lot. There's a lot of them. So the last topic for the year is going to be most anticipated release of 2022. And we do have Corn, Eva Under Fire, Papa Roach, Shaman's Harvest, and From Ashes to New. Well, I'm sure that there's going to be many more by the time this episode's released that are going to be, you know, hugely anticipated because they probably have announced that the album's going to be out soon. But these are the ones we're going with. Yeah. Yeah. They've announced a, a, these were the ones that we, we know are on the calendar. True. Uh-oh. And there's there's more of those as well, too. But I was trying to you know keep out ones that are like supposedly coming out. These are pretty TBA. well confirmed. Yeah. The TBAs, we, we, we can anticipate you, but we might be let down if you yes. don't happen. <laughs> right, right. I think that we're we're looking at you, dirty heads. I'm pretty sure right. they had an album that was supposed to come out like <laughs> a year ago and it never came out. More than <laughs> that. Yeah. It's still just supposed to come the greatest out. Greatest hits instead. They put out the greatest hits, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the top 20. We're going to go through uh, number 20 through 11 and a few extras. Yeah, we want to start off with the honorable mentions. And and this year, the honorable mentions are albums that received a vote by somebody. So they might have been on somebody's list, but they didn't receive enough votes to make it into the top 20. So give you an idea of a couple of the bands that were good enough, but not good enough to make the list. So we had Trash Boat, Nothing But Thieves, Mother Mother, Press Tomiko, Snake Eyes, Atreyu, Lilith Czar, Cleopatric, Tiger Cub, 0936. So definitely a lot of bands. And there were other bands too. Yonaka, I think, and uh, Water Parks. Oh, yeah. That yes. was, that's all me. Both of those are me. And Turnstile. <laughs> that was also you too. That was also yeah. me. <laughs> a lot of your bands. My honorable mentions. <laughs> oh, asking Alexandria also was another one. Yes, there yes. we go. 
Yeah, lots of great albums. And, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Casey, there was like, what, 40 albums at, at least 47. Yeah, yeah. 50 you, you had 37 on your list, but there's there's a good five or six more that could have easily been added. I actually had 48 on my list. Oh, sorry. Sorry. And, well, uh, yeah. you got to remember that Aaron added a whole bunch of them. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was 37 before he gave us his list. Gotcha. There you go. Gotcha. I introduced you to an entire top 10. I got a whole top 10 of honorable mentions. All right, so let's, go. let's move on to the actual 20. And, and number 20 number twenty is one that we're excited about for a number of reasons, which I think we can now go ahead and reveal. Uh, yes. Number 20 is Blacktop Mojo with their self-titled album. Excited for this one for a couple of reasons. For one, I hopefully... Might see them live here soon. I'm just going to leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) But we also had the pleasure of speaking with their lead singer. Matt James. That's right. Yeah. That episode will be coming out after these ones. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he told us all about this album and and some of the goings on surrounding it and their brand new, their brand new single strike me that um, didn't end up on this album that was recorded during those sessions. And uh, they uh, they put it out as a solo kind of thing, and it's fantastic as well. So Blacktop Mojo album four, they refer to it as album four. It technically is self titled, but like I just right. think that's that's funny that they're always like our fourth album. Yeah. It's like they almost go to a length to avoid saying self titled or just calling it Blacktop Mojo or whatever, <laughs> which is funny to me. And this album is great. It's got a lot of Southern flair. It's got that blues influence. And one thing he mentioned in the interview that I didn't know is apparently it has the McCreary sisters uh, featured all throughout it mm-hmm. who are just renowned for their backup vocals. Yeah. Good stuff all around. And it's uh, a bit of a different style than their previous albums. There's a lot of, there's a lot more mojo. As yeah, we said, but, yeah. <laughs> but more, he didn't think that was as funny as we did. Yeah, he, he didn't think. I think he was, was confused. Yeah. yeah, as one would be, but it's still true. But they have Stratus Melancholia. sounds a lot like Alice in Chains. They have Wicked Woman, which has a great music video to it that everyone should go watch. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good stuff by Blacktop Mojo. Number 19 on our list is Don Bracco. This is a, a band that I remember making note of when I first started using Spotify. And bef- I think it was actually before we started the podcast, because I remember there was a time when I would occasionally just send you guys like the names of some newer artists. Yeah. And yep. I do remember that. Yeah, that was how I discovered Teenage Wrist and Don Bracco was on there, too. And this year they came out with an album called Amazing Things. And it is, it is quite fun and quite ferocious. I want to particularly note the lead-off track on this called Gum Shield. If you if you want to understand this band, just start right there. And there's also a track on this album called Bruce Willis, in which the chorus of the song is uh, basically a very famous line from Die Hard. <laughs> and you might be able to figure out which one it is. <laughs> so, Welcome to the party, pal. Not that one. <laughs> it's a different one. I bet you it has a curse word in it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I just, I just had to throw out a line that wasn't the line. <laughs> but yeah, that, that album came out in October. It is it is all attitude and some very gnarly sounds and a couple of ref, wrestling references, which is always welcome. And so that uh, that snuck onto the list at number 19. 
Number 18 was the return of Limp Biscuit. They might still suck, but this album made our list at number 18. <laughs> and their album title was called Still Sucks. I, I was quite surprised that, you know, even Aaron had this listed on his. Actually, it was me and Aaron that propelled this band onto the list. <laughs> That's true. Casey true. did not have them on his list at, at all. Yeah. It's not that I hated the album. It's just I, I felt that there was a handful of albums that were slightly better, but I'm not disappointed that it made the list. Dude, I, I could have had I'm a bigger fan of Limp Biscuit right now than I ever was during their heyday. <laughs> 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 I, I would I now that I think about it, I'm a little bit sad that I didn't suggest dad vibes for song of the year because I freaking <laughs> love that track. <laughs> that was so much fun. It's just short and sweet. Has got a great beat to it. I don't know. The lyrics make no sense whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> and Snacky Poo, you know, there's some. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole album is fantastic. Like it really is, you know, a return to their their heyday. And it's, you know, what I think I love the most is it's just them owning their their image. Yep. Like, you know, what? who cares if we are what we are? Yeah, it was the guy from Eve Six. He said, uh something to the effect of that Limp Bizkit was not appreciated as much as they need to be for just making blatantly stupid rock and roll. Yes. And, yeah. and that, 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 that is an, a valuable part of music that should be celebrated. And I, I agree listening to this one. They're not taking themselves seriously. They're having, they've still got some nasty Borland guitar licks and some fun raps and beats and it works. Yeah. I, I loved it. And, you know, and then there's like even a couple tracks where they make fun of themselves and then basically say, you guys seem to care about this more than we do. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Up next at number 17 is Royal Blood with Typhoons. I think this was a band that fell victim to releasing the album earlier in the year. <laughs> I think, and I'm serious, I'm dead serious. I think had this album come out in October or November, I think this would have been a, a lot higher on people's lists than what it was. Possibly. I had it pretty high on my list, um, but that's because I, I really like, you know, there's certain tracks I just absolutely love on this album. I, I've really become a huge fan of Royal Blood over the years, but like, I don't know. I, I thought that it was a, a very solid album from beginning to end. It is. It is a very solid album. The reason why I say possibly is they kind of took a little bit of a left turn in their sound, which isn't a bad thing by any means, but it it didn't quite sound like their previous stuff, which took a little bit getting used to. But wasn't their previous album called How Do We Get So Dark? Uh yes, I believe. It's, I mean that I mean that, I don't know. It just kind of seemed like it was a natural progression to yeah, just yeah, go yeah. somewhere different than than what they had. But you know, and that also seems to be the trend with British bands changing their sound. I know people are ticked about Bring Me the Horizons, you know, so <laughs> everybody's always ticked about Bring Me the Horizon changing their sound because they do it all the time. <laughs> all the they time. Don't, yeah. They don't let you stay happy. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I really like the uh the album art on Typhoons like it's simple and it but I just the colors I find like I don't know they're attractive. And uh I this is definitely a solid album. For me the reason it wasn't higher is because I it, it's a nice like background album and then there's like three or four songs that I'm like okay this one I'm really paying attention to. The yeah. rest of it was more like this is kind of cool to just have on. Right. Where so whereas some of the al other albums that come in further, they, I find them closer to me to me as being start to finish. I'm really engaged. 
But so the singles were so, you know, Typhoons itself, you know, we mentioned Boilermaker, uh, Trouble's Coming. Like those singles are super strong. Yeah. And we didn't really quite discuss this too much, but the way I kind of came up with my own personal list as we collectively brought it everything to the table, I kind of, the stuff that I had lower on the list, such as Royal Blood, um, was because I felt like other albums that had like more solid tracks overall, that's the way I kind of did my list. Like if it had tons of solid tracks, it bumped it up a few notches. Yeah. Yeah. Number 16 on our list is Des Rocks, a real good person in a real bad place. This one didn't come onto our, into our radar until late in the year. And I believe actually I was introduced to them through uh, some podcast friends of ours. Uh, she will rock you. And those ladies are big fans of this guy and um, his album. So Des rocks like this dude. He's, he's a, He's definitely a scene stealer and a showman. He's kind of got this like New York, like greaser kind of look going on to him. And, um, and he puts out some music that spans a lot of spectrum and you can hear a lot of queen influence, a lot of muse going on. And some of the, the wit on some of these tracks is, is, uh, pretty impressive. So I recommend this album, a real good person in a real bad place. And particularly, I'm going to say, maybe start with, uh, either the opening track tick or track five on this album is called MMC, which stands for the Mickey Mouse Club. And um, yes. if a band's talking about Mickey Mouse, that's automatically interesting for one reason or another. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Des, Des is very solid. It's it's a little bit more on the theatrical side of things, which is mm-hmm. unique in, an, in that way. But uh, I, think, I think there's a lot more stuff uh, to come from him. I, is one one guy to uh, keep tabs on over the years. I think he's the guy who's going to, yeah, his profile is going to be moving up in the coming years, just in general within rock. Yep. I think there's a, there's a big fan base there that's slowly discovering him. Yeah. Number 15. Uh, I, you know, another band that I think is slowly moving up the rock ranks is number 15, and they put out a solid album, Dead Poet Society, and I guess the name of the album is Explanation. Point. Yeah. Yeah, we call it. Yeah. They they refer it as the exclamation album. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, this was an album that I, you know, when going into putting my list together, I honestly did not think I would have put this band on my list, but the more and more I listened to that album, like I really really fell in love with it. Like there's some really solid tracks on there. Yes. That's that is almost verbatim what I had in my notes for this album. <laughs> like it, it worked itself into the list because every time I listened to it, I liked it more than the last time. <laughs> yeah. And I think me and you were the only ones to have it on our lists. Uh, Casey yep. actually, this was one of the few ones that he left off as well. Yeah, it was, it was one of the ones that I thought was going to make the list, but the more I listened to some other stuff, it, it got bumped off, unfortunately. But again, I am not disappointed that it, made the list because it is a solid album. Casey and I can also vouch for Dead Poet Society putting on a killer live show. I was going to say, actually, out of out of all of these bands, I think uh, Dead Poet Society puts on a better live performance than the uh, CD performance. So I could go with that. Yeah. CD is very good, but the performance, it's just like it's the thickness that they tried to get in the recording. They hit it even more live. It's yeah. just... It's just heavy in a really like unusual way. 
So highly recommended to check them out if you get a chance. Yeah, there's just a couple of songs that I absolutely loved off this album. Like, and and don't get me wrong, I I think this is an album that it's it's fairly solid from front to start. But like, there's just a couple that when I was listening uh, on random, like if they came in or started playing, like I either cranked it or like I get really into it. Like Salt, uh, Georgia was another great one. Uh, Love you like that, and I think my favorite on the album is Coda. Yes. And actually, my favorite is an instrumental song, Future of War. I want to note that this band also does something very unique and kind of weird in their naming of tracks. The whole album is even multi-word song titles. Like there's a track called Bury Me Whole. It's listed as one word, no capitalization, a period at the beginning and end. Every track is some variation of that. Some are all caps, some are no caps. Some are regular capitalization, all merged into one word, except for track nine which is called I Never Loved Myself Like I Loved You. So it's not only the longest name of any song on the album, but it's the only one that is printed out in like a, a standard type of format. Yeah, format. Yeah, <laughs> very weird. And then, as we said, the album is called the exclamation album because it literally is an exclamation mark. <laughs> and so yeah. about a great album and number 15. That's right. Number 14 on our list is the Foo Fighters with medicine at midnight. And what's funny is that me and Casey fair, had this album fairly close to each other on our lists. And Aaron did not have this album on his list. I did not. I love the Foo Fighters more as people and representations of rock music than I do actually listening to their albums. I have to say this album was fantastic. And I almost put this album up for comeback of the year because Mm. their previous album was not that great. They had like one song, maybe two Uh, sky is the neighborhood. I think was the only one I really remember off of it. And And run. Yeah. 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 That's right. Medicine at midnight is a fantastic album. Like I, I have to say like, I was not huge fan of it when it first came out. This, this album probably benefited by being released so damn early in the year, because like when it came back up, and I by then, you know, by the end of the year, yeah, I'd heard all the singles. I'm like, oh, I yeah, okay, that's a single. Okay, no, I know that song. Okay, and so by the time like I started listening to the albums again, I was like, I know half this album just from it being released as a single, right? And so like I just I don't know, I just kind of fell in love with the album all again and all over again, and it made and that's why it made my list. There's really solid songs on this album, and it was it's funny because it it's a different sound than what you're typically used to the Foo Fighters having, which took me a little bit to get used to sort of, but uh, definitely kind of a precursor to what they eventually would release with the Bee Gees album a few months after this. But yeah, uh, (laughs) the whole Bee Gees thing was fun. No, I I think you just touched on the biggest strength of this album is that, you know, Foo Fighters have been around since 1995 in some version or another. And when you're that, successful for that long it can be very easy to like kind of autopilot or just kind of make the same sounding stuff and i don't think that they deliberately ever go into autopilot but i do think that they're eventually you kind of just get tired of their sound and so this one is definitely a as you mentioned it has a different sound than normal it's i think they called it their dance album or like their party album (laughs) yeah it's uh, definitely it's definitely that and a little bit of funk and yeah and that's cool that they're willing to to get out there and experiment a little bit more i respect that a lot and they uh, they needed to do something because like yeah you know like you said they they kind of just been you know putting out just going through the motions i i think 
you know what you what to expect with a Foo Fighters album, but this one you you not maybe not so much. <laughs> I don't think a Foo Fighters album has made our list for the last four albums. So yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, that's I mean that probably just kind of gives you an w- idea of like what we actually thought of this album. Yeah, probably back to wasting light. Yep. Yeah, I think you're right. That's, yeah. I think you're exactly right. That's exactly it. Yeah. So it's been a decade. <laughs> and they've had four albums in the process, too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it, it was this was a great album. I really enjoyed it. And like I said, it was one that kind of came back and, and I fell all in love with it again at the end of the year. Album number 13 on our list as we uh, come close to the end of, of this portion right here is the debut album from Mammoth WVH also known as Wolfgang Van Halen, son of the late Eddie Van Halen. And Mammoth, he didn't come out of nowhere. The dude's been making music for a long time, obviously grew up around it, was part of Van Halen uh, as a touring member for some time at least. But this is his proper debut as a solo artist. He had put out a tribute to his dad called Distance in 2020. It's a, a very powerful and emotional tribute. Especially with the video. Oh, the video just... It just destroys you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, stop, stop, Wolf. You're, you're, you're making me cry. And so he put out, he put out this debut with its fantastic album art of the giant crab thing, destroying a parking lot and a man kind of looking around like, huh, off, okay. off to the side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this album, that dude shows off his chops. He, he plays everything on it. And I believe in one of the music videos, he uh, illustrates that point. I don't remember which song it was. Do you guys remember? It was Don't Back Down. Don't yeah. back down. Yeah. 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 And so uh, the man is, is certainly a, a prodigy and he definitely has some skills in this album. This album had riffs for days and there's no surprise there. One of the things I absolutely loved about this album is that, I mean, for one, it, it did grow on me. I, I didn't fall in love with it right away, but like every song just like has got such a great hook in its own right. And, and, you know, he, he's just trying to make himself, you know, hurt out there. I, I love I love how open he was with with his emotions that he was dealing with and and the honesty that you get to hear with with his uh, relationship with his father. And I, I just love how, yeah, he was just like a, an open book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And similar to what you mentioned about the Foo Fighters, kind of hearing it at first and then kind of letting it sit for a while. That's kind of what I did with this is I, I enjoyed it when we first listened to it to do an episode on it, but then I didn't really get a chance to listen to it back too much until we started compiling the list. And it's like, oh man, this is a really damn good album. Yeah, almost every song I, I think, you know, can be played on the radio. Some of them will have to add it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he noticed how to write a a rock riff. That's, I, that's for sure. And he can sing. I mean, the dude, I mean, he, he literally, the dude is just a one man band, which is interesting to think about. And then we'll come back to that concept in just a minute on another artist. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, definitely uh, awesome there at uh, number 13. Number 12 is is a, a debut album that I didn't know who this band was. I don't even know how we found them, <laughs> but this album was fantastic. And it's Dirty Honey's self-titled album. Coming in at eight tracks, and man, there are eight damn good tracks. We nominated them for for debut of the year, and uh, obviously here with them showing up at twelve, it's it's not just a, a debut of the year contender, but it's it's very high on the overall album of the year contenders. 
you know, we talked about this band on one of my uh, one of my favorite episodes that we we were able to do because we were able to invite a longtime friend of mine that used to do a radio show, uh, and and she came on and she didn't have anything good to say about another band that we were talking about, <laughs> but she we really actually turned her into a fan of this band. And I felt kind of proud, you know, it's just because like she, you know, she's a she's classic rock and she was, she's one of those, uh, you know, like purists. You know, yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Like music was good in the seventies and not it, you know, that was never got, it never got any better. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's been crap since the seventies. No, I don't think that's exactly it, but like, it was just nice to, <laughs> it was just nice to get, you know, somebody turned on to, uh, this band and, and just kind of goes to show you how awesome this, this album was, for somebody that just, you know, was like purist or just not kind of, you know, hasn't gotten into any kind of new music in, in years, really. Yeah, it's it's definitely got a throwback feel to it, but uh, it's kind of like uh, the Black Crows kind of thing. These guys are the total package, I think, where it comes to that. They got the look, like the bandmates look, the art, the, the art of this album, even the name of the band was, was taken from... I forget exactly what it was, but uh, it was taken from, you know, an artist from that era. Yeah. And so they're they're living that life. Yeah, it's cool. And they add some nice diversity to our list. I, I'm already, as I look through this, appreciating how we have, you know, kind of that uh, like a hard blues rock. We got the rap rock. We got real blood going into that electronics. We got Des Rocks in his theatrics. Uh, Foo Fighters going funk. <laughs> now we have a classic <laughs> rock band. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I will tell you, if you listen to the song California Dreamin', it'll be in your head for about three days straight. <laughs> I had that problem earlier this year. It's a lot of their songs. Though. Yeah, I was going to say songs and start singing it right away. Yep. Yeah. The same same could be said for The Wire and Tied Up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great album. You know, honestly, I think if there were more tracks on this album, it probably would have been a little bit higher up on the list. I agree. Yeah. It yep. was there. It was there was the fact that it was like eight tracks. I, I view eight is barely an album. Like if any shorter than eight is like I view as an EP. And that's the only reason why it wasn't higher on my list is because it was a damn good album, but it was eight tracks. And so I, I it just had me like fiending for more. Basically, here's the irony is the that like in the era, like like the classic rock like era albums would only be like eight tracks long. But that's because the tracks were like seven minutes each like yeah. a Zeppelin album or something like that. Like there weren't that many songs on there, but they also released albums very regularly. And each of those songs are super long. This, like you mentioned, it's eight songs. It's not even a full half hour long. So it's not like they're writing these epics. You know, they're, they're definitely like accessible, like pop length songs that they're writing. Yeah. Yeah. So that just makes us look forward to more dirty honey in the future. Cause we know <laughs> there has to be plenty. <laughs> of course. All right. Now to the last one of the evening, the, final of this episode at number 11 is cam cole with crooked hill and this album is this this is a solo artist he does everything makes all the music by himself he uses like some kind of a a drum a foot drum kit Mm -hmm. and it's just incredible I, i honestly think like the album is great I love this album from start to finish. Like there's not a bad song on this album, but like seeing him live and seeing him play this live, I, I, you can't beat that. Like I, I, 
if this was like a visual album, it'd probably be higher on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> where Mammoth, where, where Wolfgang Van Halen is, is, you know, a prodigy who can just play every instrument. And he does that in the studio. Cam Cole is a British street busker. You know, he's the guy who's literally out there on the corner. He's got his, you know, his amp and his distortion. And he's he's playing these like grunge riffs and his foot drums and doing it all at the exact same time and and making a pretty darn big sound out of out of doing it that way. So, yeah, yeah, I'm very much would love to see this guy live. And I'm hoping that he somehow makes it to the U.S. this year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. I, I would love to see him do this album live or any any of these songs live. And also, he made an appearance in an episode of Ted Lasso. And we we go into more detail on that in the episode where we talk about Cam, which I think was also the same episode we talked about um, Mammoth, wasn't it? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Honestly, almost every artist we just mentioned here. All but one. <laughs> all but, well, Yeah. Almost every artist that we mentioned here in this top 20 and most of the ones in the awards somewhere in the year 2021, we had an episode uh, that focused at least to some degree or another on them. So plenty more to to hear about them if you want to go back and look into that. Yeah, everybody but Don Bracco. And that's um, maybe we'll remedy that in the new year. I don't know. We got some other ideas coming up soon. (laughs) Yeah. So we will be back next week with the top 10 albums of the year, as well as the results of the itch awards. And we are putting those up to a vote, both ours and yours. As you listen, we appreciate people who listen. And so we will have that link in the show notes we're not going to plaster it all over social media. Like we did last year to that, to that degree, it's going to be a little more exclusive as like a, you know, a reward for listening in. And yeah, we, we, we do appreciate people that listen. And in 2022, we want to make a, kind of a big deal of that we got some things we're planning to try to you know sort of grow and evolve a little bit and a lot of that comes down to you um, listening interacting if you haven't and you would like to we would love to hear your opinion on the show in the form of a review on stitcher apple podcasts good pods there's plenty of places you can do that and it all gives us great feedback that helps us make a better show for you even leave us a voicemail apparently you can send us a voicemail on our website if you so choose. We will totally listen to it and maybe include it in a show if it's in any way relevant to anything. <laughs> we also have merch. You can get itch t-shirts and the like at itchrocks.com if that is your thing. We think it's a pretty cool logo and um, you know we will definitely drop you a big thank you if you if you get something and you show us. We'd love to see people in the shirts. Anyway, 2022 is big. We already had the Oxymorons interview. If you haven't heard that, it is a hot mess of greatness, and you should check it out. (laughs) We're going to (laughs) finish up these awards, and then we will bring you a conversation with Matt James of Blacktop Mojo. And we've got more interviews on the horizon. We've got an itchiversary coming up. There's a lot of things going on in these first few months of the year. Super excited. Yep. Good things. (laughs) Good things ahead in 2022. Yes, sir. So stay tuned. Thank you very much for listening. We are The Itch. My name is Dan. I'm KC. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, yippee motherfucker. <laughs> if you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the show. We've got plenty of links in the show notes to continue the conversation, including the episode's playlist. And you can interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, or through Gmail and itchrocks.com, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S.